Film School Podcast, um, you, if you were on Twitter today, uh, you probably forgot that the Knicks even had a game, or had any games left this season, because much of the, the chatter was about Anthony Davis uh, making a trade request, which, um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on briefly at the end, but I, I actually think we, we had a game tonight against the Hornets that there was a couple things to sink our teeth into. And uh, I'm very, very happy to welcome someone that we haven't had on the show for a while because he's been a little busy. Um, I actually, I just looked it up. I think it's been December 27th was the last time you were on. Wow. I know, right? And, uh, you, you know his voice well, our main man, Zach Deluzio. Zach, uh, how you been, brother? John, I'm great, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. You know what? You know, I, I, I obviously get accused of drinking, like drinking the Kool-Aid by the gallon. Um, with this team, it's like, what are we now? 10 and 38, 39. Yeah, I don't even know. Nah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I watched tonight and you know, I have a smile on my face and, and look, I, I would have loved to get the win. I, I think it's important for this team to, to get some victories down the stretch. Um, but I have, I have a lot to be, I feel like a lot to be happy about and someone else who had a lot to be happy about is David Fisdale had a smile on his face. And I'm going to start off with a the easiest quiz you will ever take. Who do you think that David Fisdale was gushing about in the postgame? I'll give you one guess. Uh, Mitchell Robinson? No! Oh, come on. Kevin Knox? Come on, Zach. You're better than this. Kadeem Allen? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I should have like, known. I'm looking up and down the roster. Like, well, if you're looking up and down a roster from anywhere, anytime before like noon today, you wouldn't have seen him. That's he, true. I had no idea he was even going to play tonight. He yeah, walked no, out there, and I was like, who is that? And not, well, not only did he play, he, he was on the court for, uh, what, 18, 19 minutes, I think, some of that? Um, 18 yep. minutes, yeah. Four for eight from the field, eight points. Um, yeah, no, Fizdale was, was all about that. He's he's getting interviewed right now in the postgame. Um what did you like tonight? I'll, I'll I'll start with a very open-ended question. What did you enjoy from tonight's game? Honestly, I, I mostly enjoyed that entire game. I'm right there with you, which is – this is where we're at, dude. It's like – Yeah, no, it's – By it 10. It's, it was a fun game, so I'm fine with it. Uh, Kadeem Allen, we could start there because he, he was pretty good, man. It's surprising. Of the bench, I'm looking at the box score right now. He's the only one who wasn't wrecked in the plus-minus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is saying something. He was a minus six. The next lowest uh, bench guy was minus 14 for Hazonia, which, again, if you ever needed more evidence that game-to-game um, -game plus-minus stats are essentially useless, Hazonia was a minus 14. Mitchell Robinson was a minus 16. And if Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was just looking at this. Like, minus 16. He was minus 16. I thought they did really well when he was on the four. But I could that's... not. We, yeah, and we could, we could talk about Robinson, too. So, what, well, start with Allen. So, what... And I think that actually translates very well to a conversation about the defense. Um, are oh, we, yeah. yeah, are we starting to see the scheme that Fisdale is going to have this team playing going forward? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think I think they get they get a little hyper aggressive sometimes, which is honestly in some ways you could say it's better than what they were doing before. Before it was bad defense at being passive and now they're being hyper aggressive and teams take advantage of that sometimes, but when it works, it's really great, honestly. And he does have guys out there who can do it. Um, and you can see exactly who he's talking about, which is crazy to me because he's been saying this whole time, ever since uh, the rotations have changed, that he's trying to get size and switchability and speed out on the four. And you can see for stretches tonight that that's exactly what's happening. They're zooming around. They're showing and recovering with bigs. Uh, they're switching with bigs. They're, they got a bunch of guys out there when they had Kadeem Allen who are 6'4 and up, like 6'4 to 6'8, five yeah. guys 6'4 to 6'8, and they just switched stuff, and there was nowhere to really attack, and they were doing a great job. And that's what I think he really wants to do. Yeah, what I what I liked about it is it seems like lately it's been selective trapping. Um, like I think mm-hmm. back to, you know, when Jason Kidd was the coach of the Bucks, he got derided, like, because he had this team that was perfect for switching everything and all they did was trap and they would eventually get exposed. And I feel like yeah. maybe Fisdale's going to toe the line a little bit more between switching and like trapping. Yeah. Um, can you, can you do that? Can you like kind of achieve that balance? Or it, it, yeah, absolutely. Time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause I think the question is, what calls for a trap and what calls for a switch. And I think it depends on the personnel they have on the floor. Uh, it seems like it depends who's handling the ball. It depends on all, where the screen's coming from uh, or where or I should say where on the floor the pick and roll is coming from. Like a side pick and roll, you're going to want to trap a little more than, than at the top of the key and stuff like that. But the question is getting all these young guys on the same page. That's the tough part. Well, speaking of that, I so I I look at a guy like, Trier and he his defense has obviously been more down than up this year. Like what what would you do to minimize his weakness on that end? And, and like maybe because I feel like he wasn't bad tonight on defense when he was out there. Like they minimized the things that he doesn't do well and like kind of emphasized his like what little strengths he has. Yeah, I mean, well, one of the things he can do because he has a size is you can switch a lot with him. So so you can get away with that as opposed to someone like Trey Burke. You cannot switch yeah. like that when he's out there uh, and it, getting involved in a pick and roll. Um, I think it's a little tough in general just because he's a rookie and it, picking up on the nuances and stuff takes years. Uh, and he's been like – he's had his moments. He's been okay at times. He's been a disaster at others. But what I think really helps is playing with Mitchell Robinson – because it's becoming like a theme where these guys. Can we talk about this, please? It, oh yeah. How, how like this is a legit connection now, but that these two guys have. Oh oh, absolutely. On offense, it's actually crazy. It's like, dude, this is what I've been talking about all year, right? Like, can someone throw this guy a lob? <laughs> like he can catch anything. Uh, and, and we're it, seeing him catch literally yeah, anything. Yeah, dude, it's any. You can put it like almost anywhere. And Trier somehow, of all people is the first one to figure this out. Um, I'll take and, it. Dude, he's just like, if there is even the tiniest bit of space, he's just throwing that thing up there. And he's like, man, I'm going to get all these assists. I think all his assists tonight, he had three, apparently. I'm guessing all of them they, went to Mitch Robinson. They, I, they actually, I believe, said that on the broadcast, that all three went to Mitch. And I'm fairly certain, yeah, that was uh, Mitch had was four or five from the field, and three of those were, were alley-oops. Um, so we haven't talked in a month 
I feel like tracking Mitchell Robinson's progression over his rookie year has been like a little theme of ours. Have you, I mean, I know he was injured for a, a, a stretch. Have you seen like continued growth? Are you seeing like about what you oh, expected? Yeah. yeah? Uh, he's been better than I expected. I mean, I think we, we may have talked about this at the beginning of the year. I definitely wrote something about this, that when, when I was watching him in summer week, like you could see the potential, right? He's blocking all these jump shots and all this crazy shit. But you could also see how raw he was. And he was fouling like a maniac in summer week. And, and he still does that from time to time, although he's been better these last two nights. Yeah. But I think, I think resting, sometimes the coaches mention this too. Sometimes getting injured can kind of be a blessing in disguise in a sense because they just kind of – it gets you to settle down and watch the game a little more. Yes. Knowing that you're not getting in, you could just focus on what's going on in the floor and, and learn a little bit more because he seems much more uh, in control ever since coming back. Whereas before, dude, he would like fall on the floor like twice a game. <laughs> it was crazy. He's just like falling all over the place. Like, and he still does it from time to time, but uh, it, he seems much more in control. Seems like, especially on defense. Oh, his it's not so wild. He doesn't seem to get faked quite, or I don't even oh, want yeah. to say it, not, not quite as much, like not nearly as much as he was yeah. in the beginning of the year. Absolutely. Um, speaking of another guy who looked like um, he was out of sorts at the beginning of the year and then got hurt and had a chance to sit and rest for, uh, or I guess and watch because of his injury, Kevin Knox um, broke out of his little mini slump, 35 minutes, 19 points. Uh, he was actually a, a plus five tonight in 35 minutes. That's that's pretty good. Uh, three of four from deep, so definitely broke out of the the shooting slump that he's been in. Um, you sent out a tweet tonight about Knox's defense, basically the fact that it's it's still not good, but you saw something that you liked. What was that? Yeah, man. When he get like you said, it's not good. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. He still has a lot to work on. But you can see the flashes of that physical potential because when he gets in position at the rim and he's going up with someone and getting a good contest on that shot, he's bothering guys because uh, he's got length and he, and he got athleticism. And he doesn't have the strength yet. And he doesn't have the IQ yet. But you can see these flashes where you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is okay. I like that a lot. He bothered two or three shots tonight, made a miss on all of them, I think. When you when you sit because I agree with you that he doesn't have the IQ, I'm wondering is that when we talk about IQ on defense, is that the same thing as like awareness, like a court awareness, or is it like how do you distinguish those two, or do you distinguish those? Uh, two? That's it's tough. Court awareness, I I tend to use that term more so on offense. Okay, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I do no, that. no, it, I I, I, no I get you though. It's just um, IQ is just kind of it, it's more so just knowing. This is a dumb explanation. Knowing what to do. Yeah, that's no. It's not. Or, I don't think it's dumb at all. I think because there's a lot of guys that we've seen on the Knicks this year, including Knox, who don't know what to do. Yeah, and and it's stuff like like switching instinctually. It's like when you watch Lance Thomas. And yeah. I know I'm in the right right place for this. Just on defense, like Lance Thomas knows what he's ready. Yes. and whether it's watching tape which I suspect it is a large part of, and a large part of it is also familiarity. Like you see these plays that you've never seen before when you're a rookie, and by the time you're in the league for eight years, you've seen them all. Uh, so you know how to defend them, at least how you should defend them okay. if you're working at it. And it's just stuff like that where if you're a rookie, you're uncomfortable, and you do see flashes of good defensive instincts from him where you don't have time to think, and he makes the right move. But he's still getting beat because his footwork's bad or he's just too weak 
guys are pushing through him really well, easily. You could work on that stuff, obviously. Exactly. Over the years. Okay. Well, that's good exactly. to know. Um, I'm trying to think. It's if there's any anybody else we should we should talk about. T- well, we didn't see Frank tonight, and I I, I want to get your your input because I know he didn't play tonight. He's going to be out for the next week to two weeks, according to um, I think Berman had the report. What I've been really impressed with Frank since I think he after the the last injury he's play, I want to say he played seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I think last night might, was his either his seventh or his eighth game. Um, I would argue that the the last two weeks is or two two and a half weeks whatever it's been has been the best stretch of his career that I've seen. Um, do you think that's going too I, far? No, I mean it. I look, you know, I love Frank. I know you love Frank. That's not really a high bar, but I think I agree. Uh, because yeah, they, no, he's kind of, he was a little, he was not in the beginning of the year. He wasn't quite the same on defense and it seems like that's come around yes. uh, much more of Thank late. You. And you can really like remember what it was like to watch him lock down guys like Kyrie Irving and James Harden on possessions last year. We were like, Oh my God, yep. how is this even like, how does he do this? And that's what I mean. He's a perfect example of defensive instincts because he does he's not thinking about any of this he's just doing it he yep. just matches the footwork perfectly out of instinct and out of i guess uh, years of uh teaching but i i totally agree with you i this injury could not be timed worse uh tonight i would have loved to see him i think they really could have used him tonight because you saw which uh, Kadeem Allen i mean he can't really score either um from what i understand but you got a guy with size who can switch, who's going to run the offense, take what's given to him to a degree. Um, Dude, I'll, rebound I'll, ass. I'll, I'll be honest. I watched the game tonight, and I thought to myself, "Can I just get forty-eight minutes of Frank Nilakina um, and Kadeem Allen, and maybe know, right? maybe five minutes or so of Point Trier for, and then that's that's the rest of the year." Yeah, like, I agree. I. I, I, it's like you watch a guy like Allen on defense, just on defense. And then, he, but even like when he was in the game tonight on offense, I mean, the ball moved. That's yeah, all it was. It, well, exactly, dude. Exactly. And that, oh, man, I didn't, I don't want to come in here ripping on guys. I, and I, 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 that's why I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to say anything. I, I, but and say it. it. I mean, it is what it is. Dude, it's just like, look, he does things well, but he's so. Like it is so ingrained in him to look for his own shot, it's almost unbelievable. Like it's so you can, it's like clockwork. <laughs> but I think, and but I think this is where people get on Fizz because I, again, Fizzdale is not making any bones about the fact that he's a guy who wants to accentuate guys' strengths, and they gave him a team of. This is my philosophy. They gave him a team of players, many of which had may, maybe one strength, and mm-hmm. like. Trey Burke's strength is he could create a little shot for himself, and um, sometimes he hits that shot. That's it. That's what yeah. he does. And like Fizz is like, all right, if you know, you go do what you do. And in one hand, I'm like, I, I, you know, I can you if you play him, like, what else is, are you supposed to tell him to do? Because at the beginning of the year, he was trying to be something he wasn't, and that was even I would argue yeah. worse. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough because, especially now, I mean, we were just at the point where Burke was not getting playing time. Yeah. And it was well deserved. And then all of a sudden, Moutier gets injured and Frank gets injured. So it's like, there's no choice. I mean, even tonight, 
he only played seven more minutes than Kadeem Allen, but somehow it felt like so much more than that. Like, I know. You're, you're it's right. just, uh, I, you know, I feel bad because I respect what the guy's been through and that he's rebuilt his career. Totally. And but, he has a role in the league, I think. On, I, I on think some so, team. but he need, he just needs to like, I mean, do, it's, he is so focused on getting his own shot at all costs. It's just crazy. Like the pick and roll, he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the secondary probing. I don't know if you watch Chris Paul or something. Sure, yeah. Like, he'll hold his dribble uh, and, and kind of probe around, and someone will take the one wrong step, and that's when it's over, right? But Burke, once he just gets to that spot, he's just sh- shooting a floater, putting up with his left hand. Like, who told this guy to work on his left-handed floaters over the summer? Like, <laughs> are you serious? What are you doing? Work on your three-point shot. What are you doing? Well, and that and that's what I was gonna say. He has taken um he's twenty eight for eighty from three this year, which is like if you're a little guard in the league, you have to shoot uh threes at a, a exactly. higher rate than that. Um he's and only taken eighty? He's only he's taken eighty all year. Yeah, I mean that no, you like that that sound says it all. Um all right, uh, enough about Trey Burke. Um, look, it was a good effort. It was a good defensive effort. Um, I, I don't want to go before at least asking you about I – know, I know what you're going to say. I think I know what you're going to say. Um, do you have any opinion on the, the Anthony Davis uh, news that came out today that he's seeking a trade? Yeah, I, well, in a larger sense, it's crazy because this is going to shake up the league. Um, oh, yeah. Somehow, some way. Uh, I wonder if some stupid team like the Bulls will give up everything to get him and then he'll leave because their team will then be horrible if they give up everything um, because front offices are dumb and I could see them doing that. Uh, but on the other hand, as far as the Knicks go, I, dude, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they would want anything. It it, it all depends on Chris Stapps, right? Like the question is, would you trade Chris Stapps? No, I, and that, that, you, you said it. It was my literally my first thought of the morning when the news came out, I was like, this basically comes down to a question of if they put Kristaps on the table or not. If they don't put him on the table, then I, I don't think there's a discussion. Because right. if, if you're New Orleans, like, New York could give you the whole the whole buffet um, other than other than KP, and including an unprotected pick, but it's still a 14% chance at, at the guy who's going to matter yeah. from this draft, so I, I don't exactly. I don't think that gets a conversation going. Would you, and especially not now? Maybe maybe in the summer when you know maybe that pick is number one overall, or you know Kristaps is healthy, he comes back, lights the league on fire. You know, then it's a different story. But right now, I don't think I don't think it's much. Yeah, I think um, you know, I think uh, so. I listened to the the low post today, and he had Windhorse and, and Howard back on, and they were talking about it, and and I think. The general consensus is that it would be um, maybe not franchise negligence to trade him before the summer if you're New Orleans, but it would it would be close, right? Like, yeah, you, you it have, makes sense. Yeah, no, you have to wait. You uh, got to get Boston in there, get the bidding going. Yeah, I mean things. You look, it, it's um, more bidders is 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 better. So, well, we'll put that on the back burner for now. Um, anything. Anything you want to say, uh, plug, promote, whatever, before we go? No, man. It's been fun. Thanks for having me again. Dude, of course. I, um, what do you call it? I, I am committed to sticking with these post games through the last meaningless game. Dude, so, 
It is. It's impressive discipline. I gotta say, <laughs> I I would have gotten burned out on this all along. I used to do post game recaps that were very in depth, and I, like two years ago, and I just got sick of it after like fifteen games. I was like, there is no way I'm doing this the whole season. <laughs> well, and here you are, dude. We're forty nine games in. We got. Uh, that means we got thirty three games left to go. Oh. Uh, Patrick Ewing's number. There you go. Let's let's close on Patrick. Um, all right, man. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate yes, it. You. I know you're busy these days, and uh, yeah, it's it's always great having you on. All right, thanks, John. All right, and uh, thank you everybody out there for listening to another episode. We'll be back with you uh, with another post game on Wednesday. But until then, enjoy your week, and uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Video.